It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. All right, welcome to episode nine of the uh, second series of CORE podcasts. Uh, Again, this is focusing on the CORE 2020 standard, as have the rest of the episodes in this series. Uh, At this point, in terms of covering structure from the audit tool, we've already covered policy and procedure as the first two. And it leads us to the next one, which is implementation. And they really do kind of tie together and, and will be found in sort of most of the elements throughout the tool. If you haven't listened to the procedures episode yet, I'm going to tell you that you're probably best to stop here and go back and listen to that one first. Core 2020 is really built so that the implementation questions throughout the audit can't stand alone without the procedures. And so really, this podcast isn't going to stand alone very well either. So I do suggest you you start with a procedure episode before you launch into this one. That being said, I do have two wonderful guests here with me today uh, that come from my department at the IHSA. And I was hoping that they could introduce themselves. Yeah, I'm Peter Smith, one of the lead auditors with the CORE program. I started with IHSA several years ago as a consultant trainer, uh, moved to the CORE department, and uh, my current role as a lead auditor, I work closely with our associate auditors who perform our external audits. Awesome. And Deborah Moskal, one of the CORE consultants at IHSA. Previous to this, I was involved also in the training consultant role and then moved over to the CORE department a couple years ago. Excellent. My name's Maren Gamble. I'm also a core consultant. And, uh, you know, in terms of your certification process, you're going to have the most contact with me likely in terms of doing a detailed review of your internal audit and providing results. Uh, For those who have listened to the Procedure podcast, you're familiar with these two guests as we have tried to keep it consistent between these two episodes. So, um, you know, we've already kicked off the conversation and I'm hoping we can just take it a little further into implementation. So when considering implementation for your, your audit, consider some of the administrative requirements that we look to validate. So ensuring that there are three samples of evidence, um, in the audit for validation purposes. Also consider the need for consecutive samples. So as an example, if you're trying to demonstrate the legislative requirement for a supervisor to conduct weekly inspections, um, please ensure that we do have samples of the weekly frequency. Um, Same could be true as an example in your hazard assessment in element two. If, If you're conducting daily hazard assessments, please make sure that we do receive consecutive samples, three consecutive samples of daily inspections to validate that the process is being followed. Um, Also, when considering evidence for your audit submission, please ensure that any evidence that you provide for validation is current to within 12 months of the audit opening meeting date. So if your audit opening meeting date is April 1st, 2022, then evidence would be considered validated or valid dating back to April 1st, 2021. Okay. And is there an end date to when stuff is valid? The end of the audit scope. So your closing meeting. Okay, perfect. So it's okay to be collecting evidence that's dated throughout the the auditing process. Absolutely. As long as it's within that duration. Beautiful. Um, You mentioned a bunch of different administrative requirements. Is there a specific document or resource that we would go to to get a better sense of what those are? 
So the, the administrative requirements are, are spelled out in the Core 2020 Audit Handbook. Okay. So th this has got the instruction to be able to complete the audit tool itself, but it also, uh, Section B of that document, the, the back half, has some tips uh, to consider as you, as you go through the audit itself. And the good news is that was also one of our episodes, uh, digging into the handbook a little bit more. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you can go on and listen to that one as well, if you're wondering about that. Yeah, perfect. They're they're all linked. We've got it. The, we're going to walk you through the process here on the podcast. We're trying. We're trying to be systematic. Yes. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> perfect place for that. Look at, so just back to this idea of the implementation. So you're 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 completing your audit and you're you're getting ready to submit this to IHSA. Um, just keep in mind that everyone we've got a specific flow here with procedures and then implementation questions. Every implementation question is linked back to a procedure question or a procedure requirement. So you've already stated what has to happen. And really, this is going to be the, the outlook that the core consultants have when they look at it. Uh, this is going to be the same uh, uh, way that the associate auditors are going to look at it as well. The procedure says this, and that should give clear direction on what they can expect to find from an implementation standpoint. So make sure that that's what um, you're you're describing that you're painting that picture you're you're telling your story for how it is that you're implementing your procedure when you're putting this together. Uh, now note when you're going through those implementation questions, some of them do say as for the procedure, and you know it, it's again we're about continual improvement here. You might not get all the points, or you might not have all the clauses uh, in your procedure. And that's fine. These are things that are going to be tackled in the future. And uh, that's the, that's, a, that is our expectation. Um, but if you haven't got that in the procedure, we can't, we can't go ahead and give you the scores for those implementation questions. Unfortunately, it, because it says as per the procedure, it is a prescriptive audit. We're looking for that specific um, implementation of it in that case. And I agree with Peter, um, as we previously discussed in the podcast on procedures, it is important that we go beyond um, simply stating the clause and really define the process that we're going to be following internally within our organization and that that process is is easy to implement and, and follow. So I would say make sure your procedures are clear on what your implementation is going to look like and are written in the way that you intend to implement them, which then makes it, it easier for validation throughout the remainder of the of the elements. One little extension piece that I was just thinking of that I kind of use myself when I'm uh, looking at an audit and how it all fits together because of this idea of the procedure, you know, describing what's going to be found in implementation. Um, when I'm reviewing something, what I also do is look at an implementation question, see what it's actually asking for. What What is this implementation question asking me to validate? And then going back to the procedure and saying, does the procedure connect the evidence I want to provide to that implementation question. So if, if, you know, I'm looking at a question, I say, you know what, for this, I'm giving three samples of my weekly inspection. And I go back to my procedure and it doesn't clearly define the process of the weekly inspection applying to that topic. That's going to be a red flag. So it's one of those things when we talk about continual improvement, as you initially write your story, like we talked about in procedure, and then you go and you look at your implementation, you might find these little pieces that, of disconnect. And, and I don't think any firm as they're developing this should be afraid to kind of use that process as a bit of a cycle to improve upon that procedure and make sure the pieces really integrate. So you can't remove the implementation from the procedure or the procedure from the implementation. Yeah, great point, Marn. It's, uh, we do have a core 2020 management system standard. 
But really, we, our focus is always on the audit tool, and that's how we communicate with the industry. So using it, uh, using all that information in the audit tool, being the procedure questions, the implementation questions, linking those together as you're developing things, focus on definitions, all key. And that's a that's a great point to make. So now, when you when you're when you're developing procedures, uh, keep in mind you can always go back to your existing implementation. You're either a core certified company or you're uh, planning to challenge core. And with that said, you've got something in place for from a management system standpoint. You you are performing uh, some safety functions already, right? So it's the idea of just document what you have, and um, and uh, that that implementation then can can drive the the creation of these procedures. Uh, write what you do, and then fill in the gaps in a way that you can actually do it, right? You you want to make sure you keep this in um, plain, simple language, understandable for your your uh, the employees and staff within your organization. Yeah, you're not developing things for us. You're developing it for you and your organization. And, yeah, and that's what's really going to drive implementation. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, deficiencies can be a problem with the procedure or implementation or both. Um, keep in mind, there's multiple ways to close a gap. And the issue might be with how things are being implemented, but things could also, there could be an issue with the actual procedure itself. It might be just a little bit beyond where your organization is willing to go at that time. So uh, a way to address a gap could be changing the procedure so it actually captures that or reflects reality, captures what you're actually doing at this time as opposed to being aspirational and something you're working towards, right? Uh, Maybe it's something you'll be ready for in five years down the road, but keep in mind it's got to be reality-based at the time. Reality is key. Totally agree on that one. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would say take a look at the implementation questions and try to connect the dots back to the applicable procedure clauses and and do they align? Are we doing what we said we were going to do, how we said it was going to be accomplished? Because that in reality is what we do when we review audit submissions as well. Um, You know, what did the procedure define and can we see that they're following as an organization that process? And as Peter had mentioned, don't be afraid of, you know, continual improvement. It's the goal of core. So be realistic about what you can achieve in the short term versus potential goals for the long term. Yeah, great point, right? It's focusing on what you can get done at this time, right? Now, we, we do have our core 2020 audit handbook does have some uh, key information on when to submit audits and when not to submit audits. Right. We need you to submit a, a successful audit. Agreed. But it's focusing on what you can get done at this time though as well, right? When you're closing those gaps. So it's, uh, you know, it's, there are things that can be pushed into the future, but you got to make sure that you're hitting those bare minimums before you're reaching out with an internal audit to IHSA. Yeah. And, and with that, if, if you find yourself in a position where you don't have a successful audit and you're stuck, that would be a good time to reach out to us, not through a formal submission, but for some help. That's what we're there for always through the process. Um, and we can help you get that submission uh, to something that can be submitted, but your way so that we can help your organization develop your story and make it fit you. And I think this is why, um, you know, when we talk about implementation, there's not too much for us as a, as a team of IHSA consultants to specifically talk about um, and specify because it's really specified by the firms for themselves. All we can do is really stress that idea of, you know, self-declaration in terms of your program and the importance of that. So, you know, in in terms of our concepts here today, um, you know, I think we're sort of reaching the end of it with the, with the emphasis that we've put on here. Um, I'm wondering if, if you guys have any, any final thoughts, a brief summary uh, clause. 
I would say consistency is important. Yeah. Um, consistency between, once again, our, our procedure and, and what we're actually doing. So um, make sure what's defined in your procedure meets the needs of the organization and the workforce and it's achievable. And what you've defined, we can clearly see um, being implemented through the implementation questions of the audit tool. Okay, that's great. Excellent. I'll keep it simple, short and simple here. Write what you do and then do what you said you were going to do. And that's really the key, the key of this, right? We keep in mind that procedure and the implementation. I might tell you my age a little bit, but I always think, choose your own adventure. Do you remember those books? <laughs> <laughs> you pick your path, you right? Go. You define where you're where you're going based on on what where you need to where you need to go, and uh, then just follow the path. Follow the path. Stay on the path. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was a big fan of those books. Love it. <laughs> Great example. <laughs> I think you dated us all. I think I dated everyone, once. but that's okay. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. Perfect. Thank Thanks, you, Martin. Martin. IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.